Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode number three of the Fitness Devil You Know podcast. It's actually the very first one we recorded, so you're going to hear us stumbling through our learning process as we uh, figure our way out. And uh, we have our guest, Alfred Zhang, speaking to us today. And as much as Alfred likes to sneak into talking about research a lot, we go in a lot of different directions about a lot of fun fitness-related topics. So stick around and listen. Shut up and sit down. All right. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, Andrew Coates here and uh, my co-host, Dean Guido. And today we have one of our very first guests, uh, Alfred Zhang. Alfred, welcome to our podcast. Thanks for having me. Good. Uh, we'll jump right in. A lot of podcasts that I listen to have really long, drawn-out intros. Uh, so we'll tell you a little bit about Alfred. Alfred has a Bachelor of Kinesiology with a minor in Nutrition He's been coaching at a regional and national level for Taekwondo for 10 years. Uh, he's a medalist in the 2008 Taekwondo Commonwealth Games. Keep going. <laughs> There's a lot more yet. Uh, medal 2001 Taekwondo Olympic Team Trials. Uh, gold in 2015 Canadian National Powerlifting Bench Only. Uh, gold 2017 Canadian Nationals Powerlifting overall. Uh, he coached the 2016 IPF Worlds. Uh, it's also powerlifting. And... <laughs> He now works with the Strengths Guys since April of 2016, uh, coaching clients. And in 2017, he started touring Asia to do powerlifting seminars. And just to give you an idea, Alfred's, he's not a very big guy. He's 132 pounds, or at least uh, at the time of these numbers. But his all-time best lifts are a 418-pound squat, a 264 bench press and a 539 deadlift, which is pretty much better than about 99% of the people that are listening to this right now. So, do we do we miss anything? <laughs> I did put on some weight since then. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> All right, Alfred. So uh, let's jump into it, and uh, I really we really appreciate you joining us today. No, so can you, you can you begin by telling us about how you became interested in working out, and how you progressed into working in the industry as a coach? Um. <clears throat> I can go like way back. So starting from high school, I guess, uh, I was never the biggest guy. Uh, I'm 5'4", and in high school, I was about 110 pounds. So, you know, um, trying to be involved with, uh, I was already involved with Taekwondo, uh, volleyball, badminton, track and field. Uh, being the shorter guy, I, would, I wanted to be the stronger guy. So uh, eventually I started working out. Uh, no structured plan or anything, you know, the typical bro split, go in, bust out an arm day, <laughs> leg day, the typical, you know, typical stuff. We all did that. Yeah. Some of us still do. <laughs> sort of. Whatever works. <laughs> um, later on in university, uh, I took a break from competing and just focusing on studies, but also I can't sit still. So I uh, started going to the gym a little bit more. I wanted to get bigger. Um, me personally, I have OCD. So... Uh, some people call it, some people think it's more drastic than others, but to each his own. You were talking about the weeds in yeah. your yard. I don't want to get started with my, <laughs> my yard. <clears throat> but anyways, uh, so naturally I wanted to, uh, I want the most efficient way to build muscle rather than just going in there. If I'm going to be in there for an hour, hour and a half a day, three, four times a week, I want to make sure I get the best bang for my buck. So I started doing some research, talking to some profs and, you know, really finding out what, how to actually build muscle, what, what actually happens in the body. And one thing led to another. I felt like I needed to know more, need to know more. You know, the more you know, the more you don't know. <laughs> so the Dunning effect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, so that was basically my university days. And uh, throughout competition in Taekwondo, same thing. I want to continue getting stronger, faster, more explosive. Once I retired from Taekwondo, uh, I started, I didn't even start powerlifting. I went to the gym to work out just to, for general fitness. And uh, now with, uh, you know, greater knowledge in strength conditioning and nutrition, uh, really start piecing everything together. And, uh, you know, I love the compound lifts. So I started doing squat, bench and deadlift more. And about that time is when I met you, Andrew, at World Health and, uh, you know, trainers like yourself and other trainers thought I was into powerlifting because all I did was squat, bench, and deadlift. And uh, <laughs> I actually had no idea what powerlifting was. I only knew of Olympic lifting. And, Which uh, most people confuse with powerlifting. Yeah. So powerlifting, you yep. do not put the weight over your head. Yep. Um, 
But eventually, uh, I started doing more research and found out about powerlifting and uh, thought that this was something that I could you know, put all my training towards a goal. Did my first powerlifting meet, did well. Uh, my girlfriend also did powerlifting, so I coached her. And uh, Rhonda's know, remarkable. You've done an amazing job coaching her. Yeah, I was going to say, we've seen your numbers. We, we won't get into hers, but she's really good. She, uh, <laughs> yeah, now there's times where I wonder who's the coach here. But, uh, yeah, we won't get into that one. But, um, yeah, so with coaching Rhonda, uh, you know, this is purely just because I was her boyfriend and people started catching on. The, the, we kind of came out of nowhere and our progress was, I wouldn't say our progress was amazing, but we, we did It was well. amazing. One of your biggest problems is you're really, really humble, and I'll make sure that everybody understands that. Alfred really is way too humble for how skilled and talented he is. And one of his biggest failings is an inability to almost really put himself out there. A lot of you guys really should hear about this guy. We'll get into following him later, but... Oh, for sure. Well, even if you look at our, our message, you're like, ah, I don't like talking about myself. Man, I'm looking at this like your medals at the Commonwealth Games or Taekwondo, and you've talked about it for 10 seconds. I, I, I didn't even know half this stuff, and I've known you a long time. I didn't know half this stuff until you sent me this list. But anyway, you're four. Um, yeah, like... I. You know, uh, naturally, I'm kind of introverted, so I I'm, yeah. don't really enjoy talking about myself. Uh, I like my I let my work speak for itself. But yeah. um, you know, people start approaching me, asking me what I did to for Rhonda as a female who's never stepped foot into a gym with any athletic background to all of a sudden hitting uh, provincial and national records for a squat bench and deadlift. And uh, slowly, I start helping people on the side just just for free. And um, one thing led to another, and I found that I have a niche for helping people, and so I started uh, doing my own coaching business. And um, you know, later on, I hired uh, Jason Tremblay from the Strength Guys to coach me because it was just too chaotic with with work, with training, with everything to do my own programming. Um, we worked together for about half a year, and uh, he brought me on as uh, a strength and conditioning coach, and. Um, because I have a background in human resources as well, so I'm also the human resource director for the strength guys. That's pretty cool. And uh, that brings me up to speed for today. <laughs> Great. Yeah. But, all right, so I wanted to go a little deeper. Yep. And I want to get into your why. I'm a big fan of Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why, and you know, people- Fantastic speaker, by the way. Amazing speaker. You sure? So, oh, can you get a bit more into why do you help people with building strength, uh, nutrition, change their lives. And we've talked a little bit about powerlifting. I want to make sure to say this. Like, I, we don't want to lose the audience because, oh, God, powerlifting, like big, scary people lifting heavy stuff. We want to make sure this is really accessible to everybody. So we'll have to often talk about making people stronger. It's not that everybody needs to get into powerlifting, but it's actually pretty cool when people are interested. So anyway, mm -hmm. back to you know, the why of why you do this. Why I do this? Um, a lot of it stems from childhood, you know, uh, you hear all these myths, uh, you know, folk tale, so to speak. You know, all these, you know, uh, females, lifting is going to make you bulky. Um, you have to eat this. You can't eat this. You, you know, this is deemed good and bad. Or people just overall have troubles reaching their goals. And realistically, they're just complicating things. You know, it's not as difficult as it seems. And people don't realize how simple resistance training is people don't re uh, realize how simple nutrition is it's not a matter of following a template following a strict diet but it's uh, a lot of it is just adherence you know following some simple guidelines just changing little things can go a long way but people like i said they overcomplicate things and uh, my why is to simplify things to its purest form and letting people know that you can make a drastic life change with very minimal effort and it doesn't require you to, to change your life around or spend hundreds and thousands of dollars on you know, um, workout equipment, supplements. It, it doesn't have to be that extreme like we see on TV. You probably just hit on about four hours worth of discussion <laughs> points and you cannot quite get into it. But I love the fact that, and the message is something I believe in, uh, Guido believes in a lot, like dispelling all the fears and myths and the big scary boogeyman that the fitness industry can often be. And a big part of what we want to do with this podcast is to kind of take the piss out of the scary stuff, defeat some of the myths, the, the, the fluff and the bullshit that's out there, 
and give people useful, actionable stuff. We're going to talk a lot more which, about that. Which goes exactly what you're saying, which is you want to make it simple. Mm-hmm. Simple is actionable generally. Mm-hmm. If it's too complicated, that doesn't happen. And th- that's always been my approach to, to training and nutrition. I don't have a whole lot of time in my hands, so I want to utilize my time the best that I can. I don't have time to meal prep for hours and hours and hours. So what is the simplest way to achieve my goals without sacrificing my time? Yeah. And you, yeah. you kind of answered it to some extent, but what would you tell someone who's struggling to get started with the workout program and trying to make that effort to eat healthy, get stronger, you know, change their life? Like, what is that message for you? Um, well, it's kind of a two-part question. So we'll start with workout program. Uh, for anybody out there, my, my number one rule or advice is always going to be find something that interests you. doesn't matter what kind of program it is. It can be a program that you made. It could be a template that you find online. Try it out and stick with it. You know, if it interests you, try it out and stick with it. The, the most common issue that I've come across is people, fi- people feel that results come quicker than they should. Yeah. Uh, they see Mr. Huge Biceps in the gym and think that, hey, what he's doing gives him bigger biceps, <laughs> so I'm gonna do what he's doing. Well, yeah. we forgot to look at how long has he spent in the gym? How long has he been working out? You know, does he naturally have big arms? Or whatever case may be, squat, bench, and deadlift, if, do they naturally have great leverages? Whatever case may be, we don't know the story behind that individual. If they're ripped, why are they ripped? You know, if they're extremely big, muscular, why are they the way they are? Chances are they stuck with something that they believed in, that they can adhere to, if they enjoy, and that can go a long way. So again, find something that you enjoy and stick with it until you can't see more progress. And progress doesn't necessarily mean visual. Strength is a great way to, to view progress. Are you getting stronger? If you're continually getting stronger, but you don't see it in the mirror, that's okay. Strength alone is a good indicator that progress is taking place. And things are working. <laughs> exactly. It's usually the first thing that I witness in any client that I work with, uh, even if you haven't seen those aesthetic physical changes yet. And when you see people get stronger initially, it's also really exciting for most people. Mm-hmm. And then that can be really motivating to then have them keep going past that initial stage when they start seeing physical aesthetic changes. Weight loss is usually the goal. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to nutrition, um, nutrition, a lot of people get the, um, have the misconception that nutrition is a magic diet. Nutrition, realistically, is a lifestyle. There's there's no gimmicks behind it. Uh, chances are, if you, um, wherever you go, some somewhere is gonna be advertising the quickest way to lose weight or quickest way for whatever it is build muscle. Um, you can probably scratch that because if you're going to be uh, involved with fitness, nothing comes quick. Uh, failure comes quick. <laughs> that's, that's about it. Uh, with nutrition-wise, same thing. Uh, it's not going to happen overnight. Uh, it's not going to happen in a week, a month. Sometimes prog- you won't see progress until half a year later. But it's important to understand that progress takes time. And that, that's what I try to real into everybody that you know if your nutrition isn't working or you know the your meal plan or whatever it is isn't working the first week write it out see what happens after another couple weeks a month you know your body your body is very smart it takes time to it it, it will adapt and once it starts adapting things starts happening and from then you can start making little tweaks here and there but if you don't stick with it you'll never know what it's actually doing for you you actually hit on something there too, hinted at it. A very common belief, some people tend to dive headlong all into fitness and nutrition and that often doesn't work very well. For a certain subsection of people it does work, but for most people they tend to have a lot more success uh, creating one, uh, two simple habits at a time, mm-hmm. entrenching that and then adding new pieces. Well, and it's just a lot of the people that are diving in head first would have a background in something where those habits are created. Taekwondo, perfect example, you could transition right into nutrition the working out and see results but for someone who hasn't built those habits that's that's pretty much ground for, exactly. for, for them and for somebody that's starting from ground zero yeah. just little changes can go huge long long ways 
as simple as drinking an extra glass of water per day. Hydration is, you know, hydration. The water is probably the number one supplement. We're all drinking in, water, by the way. Everybody's yes. got a glass yep. of water. Um, but yeah, you know, start with something small, whether it's adding an extra glass of water or having X amount of servings of fruits and vegetables per day. That doesn't require a whole lot of work. Doesn't. It's not. It's very cost efficient. Try something like that first. See how that goes. Keep it consistent. Consistency is always going to be key. You actually wandered into one of the things that I wanted to ask as the next question. Um, you're really great with no-nonsense nutrition. A lot of our friends are. A lot of the people I respect are. Uh, can you get into a bit more of the more overlooked aspects of nutrition, the stuff that people don't realize is really powerful? And then... What are some of the things that people get really caught up in that actually doesn't matter? Um, my, my favorite saying is that often too many people major in the minors. So right off the bat, people, generally people that want to get into, you know, they want to get lean or they want to get in shape. First thing they go to is Popeyes or GNC. They <laughs> want to find some supplement, some magic pill that's going to turn them into the fitness model next week. Unfortunately, that doesn't happen. Uh, so number one, uh, you know, the, big, the biggest stone would be adherence, finding something that you can adhere to that doesn't require a ton of life-changing decisions. Everybody has jobs. Everybody has their responsibilities. Fitness is rarely somebody's one and only uh, primary goal. You know, you have, everybody has to work to, put, to pay for bills and whatnot. So finding something that works for you that you can fit into your daily lifestyle without having to sacrifice your quality of life. Um, secondly would be energy balance. So once you find something that you can adhere to, is it geared towards your goal? Are you eating, are you trying to gain weight or lose weight? If you're losing weight, are you at a def, are you, if your goal is to lose weight, are you, are you trying, are you in a deficit or, you know, so that, that's going to be one of the, the key things is energy balance, finding out if, you know, if you're eating enough to support your goals. Uh, next would be macronutrients, so your proteins, fats, carbohydrates, and fiber. Uh, you know, a lot of people think that this diet, this diet, this diet works. At the end of the day, every diet works until it doesn't. Um, Alan Argon actually uh, posted, uh, published a really good research uh, this year that when protein and calories are equated, all diets are the same, whether it's ketogenic, intermittent fasting, whatever case may be, they all yield the same results. Uh, it starts getting really nitty gritty when you really deep dive into it, but the big picture is that, uh, you know, get, your, get in the habit of tracking those proteins, carbohydrates, and fats, and that alone will solve a lot of your issues. Especially when you're talking about when you get down to the nitty gritty is the people who are kind of really losing those min like minute changes to get certain lower yeah, body fat percentages. Most people getting into this and probably listening aren't at that level yet, which is totally fine, but the big rocks. Yeah, exactly. And then you can start getting more into the little rocks. So your micronutrients, you know, you have your fruits and vegetables. Why is it important to not just eat Pop-Tarts for your carbohydrate source? <laughs> you know, it is important to have your fruits and vegetables because you do get those minerals and vitamins that you're not gonna get from Oreos as much as I love Oreos. I was gonna say, they're still good. Oh, but... they're, they're amazing. But... <laughs> Balance is key. <laughs> we won't talk. We could talk about Oreos a long time. We won't. But. So the second half of the question: What are people way too concerned with? What do people think is and often the industry sells a lot of this crap? It's really, really super important. That actually is pretty irrelevant to most everyday goals. Um, there, there's actually a million things. If I type in nutrition on Google, number one thing I find is like keto diets or. Um, vegan diets or whatever um sorry can you go back to that i know what you're saying yeah the style you already said this the style of the diet is largely irrelevant right if you like the diet if you will adhere to it yeah. if it fits your lifestyle it's a good system there's no magic within intermittent fasting or keto or veganism they all work when largely because they're all fairly good at creating calorie deficits because there's some type of restriction inherent to those diets. Well, and, and look at the reason why intermittent fasting works is because you don't have to eat half the day. And for a lot of people, if you're at work, 
you can make that work. And I, it, that comes down to adherence. What's your mm -hmm. lifestyle like? like? You can make intermittent fasting work. Is it going to be the best? Well, big rocks. Yeah. Same thing with keto. If you don't like eating rice all day and you like bacon and pork, like, yeah, it might be a good diet for you. Mm -hmm. Adherence. So, yeah, a little further within that one, what else do people often think is really important that just, just isn't? It is really not important. Uh, supplements. Uh, like, <laughs> I, I, it keep, I it keep coming to that one because uh, even my, my own athletes, um, typically the first week, you know, I do a Skype consultation with them if they're not local. And first question that I always get is, what kind of supplement should I take? Well, let's start by eat. Let's start by getting your nutrition down first. Yeah. Chances are, if you have a well-balanced diet, it you don't need supplements. Again, supplements is the name states it's a supplement. It supplements something you're deficient in. But if you have a well-balanced diet, you have your your whole grains, your fruits and vegetables. You don't need to necessarily supplement anything. Even a cup of coffee can go a long ways in your workout. I'm a big supplement minimalist. There's really very little that you can get over the counter. We're not going to discuss the under the counter stuff, the bad stuff, and if, and but it's the over the counter stuff. As well. well, extremely. It, 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 Most of it doesn't work like, though. Mm -hmm. I spend so much money on Super Pump and No Explode <laughs> during high school and college. Like it's ridiculous. I'm sure like, there I, was I, actually no explode there. <laughs> <laughs> it tasted good though. Like I mean, it's, I still like. Well, not all. Of them. It tasted good. It blew up the shaker cup when you. Uh, I remember first time I had beta alanine. Like I, I just start freaking out. Like what is this sensation that's going well, on? And now I think it was on the strength cast. Anyways, like athletes, like I love the tingly feeling. Like that's not good. Well, I don't know if it's not good. It's just it's working, I guess. But it feels friggin' weird. But that's associated with it's working and it's good for you mm -hmm. in performance. So here's your takeaway, guys. Especially if you're new to the gym, forget the pre-workout. You don't need it right now. There's a lot of other stuff you're going to focus on. Okay. So as someone who's you know, you've had incredible success strength sport-wise, um, talk about how getting stronger can kind of help people towards, I guess, fitness goals, but losing weight and then that whole concept of keeping them consistent. Well... Especially for females, the, the number one fear seems to be that they're scared of getting bulky. But yeah. realistically, one thing, one key factor that females lack compared to guys is testosterone. If you don't have, you know, pardon my language, if you don't have an extra pair of balls growing, you're not going to get that big. You're not going to get that bulky. Uh, some of the strongest lifters are... 105 115 pounds and they lift two to three times their body weight and they're they're small people um so strength wise building strength generally equates to building more muscle when you have more muscle you burn more calories so having more uh, lean body mass on its own you're going to end up burning more calories just on a day-to-day -day basis um and on top of strength can be addicting uh when you're training for uh, when you're training for looks, it, it can be demotivating because, as, as I mentioned earlier, yeah. uh, results don't act, don't show itself instantly. But strength-wise, it, it's very measurable. You can tell that you are stronger. You can lift more. You can lift an extra rep or this weight feels easier. And that on its own gets very addictive. People tend to thrive on that more. And then it becomes more a, of a psychological aspect where people trying to trying to think about eating to train rather than training to eat it sounds the same but if you deep dive into those, those words it, it goes a long long way do you want to have a good workout if you do then you're gonna eat the the proper foods to fuel that workout whereas other people they might um use working out as a as an out to splurge yeah, absolutely. You probably, just, well, even with the culture now, you see on Instagram, it's like, man, hit heavy deadlifts. I'm going to go smash a bunch of donuts, which, mm -hmm. again, if that fits in, fine. But it's, it's kind of glorifying the fact that, well, it's glorifying it to some degree. I have clients who they, they'll openly admit that they work out. They love their workouts, but they work out so that way they can, they can eat their foodies. They, they love food. And that's okay. Sometimes it's about subtly nudging someone mm -hmm. in the direction so that way... We just get a little bit more out of the nutrition, make sure the training program is effective so that we, they are making progress towards their goal, but ultimately allowing them to eat the food they enjoy. This is not a rabbit hole we probably want to go down well, today, it's, it's but... It's still adherence, though, at the it, end of the day. Absolutely, it's about adherence. 
the whole idea of not demonizing food is good or bad yeah. and breaking cycles of guilt and shame and, and sometimes women a little bit more so than men but men too can be really vulnerable to emotional eating behavior they can end up maybe not feeling like this is some I don't know man I've, psychological stuff but I felt bad eating pizza the other day Oh, there you go. <laughs> I never feel that. I felt really guilty. I've always well, felt great. It was a shame of yourself. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't that. I had pizza the first day. It was like super a good workout, blah, blah, blah. Hunger, ate pizza. It was the leftover pizza the next day. Because you had too much pizza. It's like, oh. But it's and in the fridge. <laughs> just imagine now that that's someone's life. Yes. They ate that pizza. They feel really, really bad and guilty about it. So they feel down. And after a little while, they go and they reach back for high-calorie food yeah. to feel good again. Like I said, this is deeply rooted psychological stuff and not a rabbit hole I want to go in today. Mm -hmm. But this is an important area that we will explore a lot more in future podcasts. Well, I think it's a good it's, it's good to touch on it. I mean, we could talk for hours on yeah. that. And like you said, the science behind that. Even and even just going over the psychological aspect, yeah. that, that's like two or three podca podcasts on its own. Well, easily. It's a hundred <laughs> podcasts on its own. Yeah. You could talk endlessly on that. You could talk endlessly. You have a lot. <laughs> I know. I'm yeah. trying not to. I'm trying to listen more than talk. You're actually me. holding yourself back from the rabbit hole. <laughs> yes. I'll gladly stay outside of it for now. Okay, so this is the fun stuff. Yeah. I, I really don't want to get like overly negative about stuff. I really believe that we want to highlight positive things. But I'm also um, not, a, not above just cutting the shit and talking about real problems in our industry. What are your thoughts on coaches? We know a few. Who try to push everyone into powerlifting, uh, including every middle-aged woman they train, post videos of inexperienced lifters doing poor form for one rep maxes very early in their programming because they're using it to promote themselves with seemingly little regard for the safety of the client. Man, that's the longest question, but you, you get it. <laughs> Sorry. I'll try to break that down as best I can. Um, so going back to the first point, uh, powerlifting for everybody. Uh, I definitely do not feel that powerlifting is for everybody. At the end of the day, it is a sport. Uh, not everybody's going to be into it. Just like I personally do not enjoy basketball because I am not coordinated to do both dribbling and running. Separate them, <laughs> separate them, no problem. I can run, I can dribble, put them together. I, yeah, I'm just lost. Uh, but powerlifting on its own, it, it's not necessarily for everybody. You don't need to do powerlifting in order to be strong, in order to get into shape. Uh, it it's another tool. Um, you know, a lot of things to consider. Is, is it enjoyable for you to squat, bench, and deadlift? Uh, or, and uh, another question is, is there any physical limitations? Can you even squat, bench, and deadlift? Yeah. You know, uh, we like to think that everybody can, but unfortunately, there, there are people that have those limitations. Um, you know, like- Ankles, for one. Ankles, knees, like myself, I'm half broken all the time. Yep. Um, so, you know, there, there's a lot of limitations. So if you can't physically do it, why force yourself to do something that can potentially harm you? There's a million and one alternatives. Even if it's just using machines, that's fine. If it helps you achieve your goal, but you know, it, as long as it's within your limitations and, uh, lifestyle limitations, like powerlifting training can be, uh, can be very time consuming. I, I mean, like you, you train. Well, I mean, lifting for a long time, you yeah. know how long it can take. Well, it's mentally consuming. I mean, mm -hmm. in terms of when you get close to a sport, and you can probably, in terms of a competition, when you get close, like it's cons it consumes your life a lot of the times. Mm -hmm. that, that's not realistic for everyone. I just like went looking strong. Well, that's where powerlifting becomes like powerlifting didn't like it's squat, bench, and deadlift. Those were around way before <laughs> powerlifting was around. So mm -hmm. it's yeah, no, I totally get that too. So I'll, I'll sort of summarize that a little bit better, I think. Uh, what do you think of coaches who push their agenda and ideology versus doing what's best for the client? Uh, so that will kind of go into the second part of the question. Uh, in, in my opinion, why people do that is, um, for lack of better words, insecurity. You know, yeah. uh, They want to showcase their strengths. If their strength is powerlifting, then they're, they're going to push that on everybody. and. You know, uh, as, as a coach, uh, it, it people need to understand it's okay to not understand everything. It's okay to not be perfect at everything yeah. or know everything. But it's but it, it you know it's also important to understand that not everybody is wants to do powerlifting or can do powerlifting, and that on its own should be another. Um, 
driving force for you to expand your your knowledge, expand yeah. your expertise. Well, I was just gonna say, like in terms of like that's a weakness. If if all you know is powerlifting and you really want to be in this industry, it's probably best that you go learn other practices, learn how to coach people in other areas because ultimately you have more to offer. If you all you have to offer to this world is powerlifting, that that segments you to segments you to a very small population. Absolutely, even. Um, you know, not everybody has the accessibility to to train in a well diverse gym. Some people train at uh, yeah. you know World Health or Good Life or any commercial gym, and some gyms are not necessarily uh, powerlifting friendly. You know, it's it's no hate. It's just the demographic. You know, if they're if the facility is built on upper floor, maybe attendance downstairs can't or the you know tenants downstairs don't like the the loud bang, and when you're deadlifting. If, especially when you start deadlifting for reps or higher or like heavier weights it's inevitable you're going to be making noise and that's going to cause conflict as well so yeah especially if you're deadlifting what, more than four times your body weight like you do uh it's, you, it's four four times I, a little bit over a little bit over that yeah if you do the math jesus christ <laughs> that's incredible uh okay just another story like we talked about our basement gym I, I got a basement gym and my neighbors could hear me deadlifting oh, wow. so they didn't like that that's well, fantastic. So I stick to the afternoon, but side story. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll move on. The yeah, the the fitness industry has its flaws. Obviously, like we're talking about. Well, we don't want to be too negative, but what are some problems you feel collectively we need to work on as an industry, just from your perspective? And I guess, yeah, just you've seen a lot. You've been at a lot of gyms. You have a lot of experience. So kind of draw from that to just yeah. What do you see that we could fix as um, a whole? As a whole, without getting too much into details, uh, I think trainers, coaches, they see everything as black or white. Yeah. And you know, it's either this way or this way. There's no, it's always absolutes. And that's, uh, that, that's just not true. Uh, a lot of the truth actually lies kind of right in the middle. Um, you know, you have people that heavily rely on resources like, um, you know, uh, uh, like T Nation, like uh, those bodybuilding websites, uh, bodybuilding.com, uh, or just gurus, people that have been in the sport for years and years and years who have a ton of knowledge, but it's knowledge on what works best for them. And they stand by what works for them as the overall general rule, but that's not necessarily the case. So people need to understand that what works for them, I'm sure it works for them, but it might not work for everybody else. So they need to understand that the truth is actually somewhere in the middle. Um, research articles as well you know uh, people in my industry we heavily rely on research uh, you know because we want to give good information but even research has its flaws on its own why uh, you know we have documentaries out there that base everything on you know quote-unquote research but what when the health <laughs> you know, well, not another rabbit hole. We're gonna <laughs> I was trying to avoid any. If you've ever <laughs> seen this documentary, <laughs> it is full of bullshit. There's virtually none Re of the studies that are quoted actually actually prove look or at, show any of the things they claim. It's Andrew's a actually getting. I was gonna say, look at look, as he's, as look, look what this. you've done. And I knew he was thinking about world. <laughs> what the hell? What he's talking and documentaries. Fuck. Like I know you were thinking of that. Were you thinking but, of that? So, yeah. To kind of like without <laughs> dropping names, but you know this, this has happened more than once yeah. where documentaries have uh, listed studies to support their argument, but what they failed to mention is that they they cherry a they cherry pick studies to just support their argument, but they fail to to report these studies that like the ten to twenty other studies that go against what the overall message is and. You know, there's there's a lot of things to consider. What's the sample size? Are the people part of the research? Is it, uh, you know, is it self-reported or it, you know what is what's the uh, controlled environment? We, a lot of people don't know. A lot of people, you know, if you're not, I, I call myself a nerd. If you're not a nerd like me, that that's gonna take the time to read a 60-page research. Chances are you're gonna miss out on those little details. You're gonna read the title of the research and you're gonna go right down to the results and find like, yeah. yeah, the yeah. results, conclusions, like, oh, so <laughs> research, the research paper is on ABC. The results find this, oh, that is the absolute, but what they failed to recognize is there was maybe only two, two people in that study and it, they were maybe very lean bodybuilders or whatever the case may be. We don't know that. Yeah. 
Well, that, that's a huge problem. And, and it, that goes back to what you were talking about with, I guess, even when we talk about the powerlifting, people pushing agendas. And I guess those, everyone has an agenda. So like even for our listeners, it's just, you need to listen to the people that aren't black and white. And if only for the reason that the people who aren't black and white are always getting better and they're always learning more, they're going to be able to find information for you. They're not going to just make up answers based on their agenda. There's a lot of people in the industry who are very firmly entrenched in their position often even more so with nutrition even than training yeah and they may sell books on the topic if anyone's ever heard of an author named gary tobes he's a really good example he's a big uh, low carb zealot and you'll hear that term zealot a lot uh <laughs> andrew hates zealots but <laughs> yeah. you'll figure that the guy's been debunked and dis i don't like the term disproven but there's been overwhelming research to pretty much destroy his perspective and he just will not let go of it because his whole brand and identity uh, over years of publications are built upon his theory. There are plenty of other people in the industry, there's, there's far worse charlatans out there. And I, I would go as far as to say, stay the fuck out of nutrition well, sections of bookstores because it's generally all fiction, it's garbage. But like that's, that's, that's the problem. So I mean, we're talking about problems in the fitness industry. And if I'm Joe Blow off the street and I want to learn about that, where am I going to go? Like, I'm going to go to the nutrition section of the bookstore, and that's what you're going to come up with. So, I mean, like, if I you're guess... listening here and you want to learn about good nutrition resources, message one of us. Message, we'll give you Alfred's contact info. You'll have mine, you'll have Guido's. If you want to learn, we will put you in the right direction. There are great professionals you can follow. People like you mentioned, Alan Aragon, Dr. Lane Norton, Dr. Mike Gersertel, Eric Helms of 3DMJ, and so many more of these really, really great people. And they're actually really accessible. Sometimes their message isn't as sexy as fitness bros and bro dads on Instagram, but they're generally speaking evolving with the information. Well, they're evolving. Really, really yeah. good. I think that's a good word though, evolving, because things have changed in the last five years. Even if you look at all that mass research, like they're constantly finding things mm -hmm. different. And it's just a matter of the information has to come out. And it, it might be a little bit slow. And a lot of it will kind of, I guess, confirm what a lot of us already know, but again, without that objective data, it's hard. Well, even like uh, fitness professionals, so uh, you mentioned Lane Norton, and his research on leucine back in the day, that was the bread and butter, and now they're starting to find that branching amino acids and leucine on its own may not be uh, as beneficial as they originally claimed. They're pretty much crushing that supplement. Right, and it's not to say that um, Lane was wrong in his initial findings, it's just that it was, a while, it was a while ago. Yeah, it was a while ago, and information keeps surfacing. The, you know, the technology keeps yeah. getting better and better, so they're able to fine-tune their research more and more and more. And it's important to understand that there are no absolutes. There's always new research coming out. There's always new answers coming out. So it's, always, it, it's important to keep an open mind. Yes. Not so open that your brain falls out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, keep it simple. You know, take everything with a grain of salt and... Yeah. And that's good advice for even some of the trainers listening. Like, I mean, you just constantly evolve, take things with a grain of salt, and that applies to our mm -hmm. listeners that are trying to get into this as well in ter yeah. terms of fitness. You make a good point. And this, this podcast is really geared towards you know, kind of your average everyday person. It's a little broad, but there's going to be a, a backdrop of a lot of personal trainers who are going to want to follow this because there's going to be a lot to learn. Well, even, even just Alfred talking about his perspective on, on this, like that's more than enough to maybe make you look introspectively and change the way you think. A little bit, or, or go do more research and read sixty-page. I'm, I'm gonna dig a little deeper, Alfred. Which is hard. You're a nice guy. You don't like you don't like saying the nasty stuff. But what are some bad practices you want to warn our audience about that the industry does? Um, again, what I mentioned earlier, people tend to major in the minors. They look too heavily into the details, but forget the overall picture. For instance, uh, somebody that wants to improve the squat. They go and try to find every possible accessory to improve their squat, but when you look at the big picture, they're squatting once a week. Simply squatting more often, twice a week, you'll probably see better results than to add in 50 different accessories where you actually don't know which, what the accessories are contributing to. Yeah. Nutrition, same thing. You know, People tend to right away hop towards uh, supplements because they feel that it will help them uh, faster to achieve their results but if you just tidy things up keep the, have a consistent schedule uh, you know keep your your uh, social meals I, I like to call them social meals uh, when you go out to eat with your friends and not track them keep those to a controlled uh, number and you, you'll be surprised the results that you'll see 
Well, it's habit based, I think. Mm -hmm. What about selling waist trainers to fitness professionals that sell those? <laughs> You're gonna get them to say something controversial. <laughs> come on, uh, say something <laughs> bad about waist trainers. Besides, everybody's gonna get mad at me anyway. So come on. Uh, I've never quite understood the well. I do, and I don't. I, when people explain, <laughs> damn, nice. when people <laughs> when people explain their rationale behind waist okay. waist trainers, yeah. you know, they, you know, they, they help them sweat to to lose inches off their waist. But you know, when people what people need to realize is like fat loss isn't localized. You can't localize one specific spot to lose fat. It's a whole. Your body is a, is a system, not individual sections. And on top of that, when you're losing water, you're exactly as, as I mentioned, you're losing water. When you sweat out a pound, but you go back and pound back a, a jug of water, you just gained it all back with no additional benefits to wearing a sweat belt other than having sweaty clothes. Being in a okay. sweat section. belts, they're so temporary. Okay, what about, what about the, what are those machines you put on your abs when we were all young? I didn't do that. I don't know. But oh, the, say something bad about with you. The, the, they stuck to you and they flexed your abs. There has to be something bad you can say about that. You, you know what? <laughs> I, I, I remember what's it called? It's a belt and it's like a, a battery pack. And yeah. it just, you, you can know, sit there and do it. It, did, you did, it did crunches for you. you it's, it. yeah, essentially, it's forcing your muscles to contract <laughs> against your own will, so to speak. And there's little research, or actually, yeah. there's no research to really support <laughs> that, that I know of. So uh, that's, that, that's as far as I can get is that there's nothing to support that those. Uh, <laughs> Those gimmicks, Man, quote unquote, the best. gimmicks <laughs> work. Uh, what has what studies have shown that work is you know actual resistance training to action. And on top of that, when you're at a gym, why you want to be functional? Everybody should thrive to be functional. When you have a machine that does the work for you, you're not really achieving anything long term. Functional? Do you mean standing on Bosu balls? Man, we we're just talking about that video. <laughs> I'm joking, by that, the way. That, if you don't know my sarcasm yet, well, even we can go down the functional rabbit hole. Actually, not functional too far. Functional but. strength isn't even what they turned it into in terms of what people look at it as. Functional, functional strength is it, it. It depends on who's presenting. The That's image. what I mean. The people who made function, even if you think Boyle, Boyle's functional strength. I don't even think he calls it functional strength because he doesn't want to be associated with so... people squatting on upside down Bosu balls right. and squat on their back. The term has been so bastardized that oh, when you go at a gym tour and they, oh, this is a functional training session. Don't even say it functional. This is bullshit. Squatting is very functional if you can actually do it. If you want to squat for competition or if you want to be stronger, if you want to lose weight. Whatever has benefit to you is functional. Context. The term gets misused. If you hear someone using the term or overusing the term in our industry, that's a bit of a red flag. That might be a place you want to kind of step aside and go, this isn't probably somewhere I should get my Matt, information. If they make you squat like that video, and we're talking about a video, the guy did squats on upside down Bosu balls, right? Two of them, and he Two had a barbell on his back. He fell off. His like, ankle fell off. It was so funny. I haven't he, seen a video, but I can already well, picture he, the... He nearly dropped the barbell on himself. But, yeah. It was really stupid. But like, I think I could do it. Okay. Like, well, Dean Somerset, who will, will actually be... will will record him soon he's actually going to be our first podcast so by the time you're listening to this you've probably already heard his podcast hopefully no, dean actually did suggest that we have you do it i said i wasn't going to do it so well, i think i could i just think i could do it like i i just want to prove just something. because you can do it doesn't mean it's a good Ex idea. that's a yeah that's that's good advice listen to that yeah. <laughs> okay well okay overall we, take home message yeah right. good advice well, we can't get them to say anything bad so say something good what do you love about the industry and you put love love what do you like about the industry and what, what do you, what do you love you, about the industry and what do you feel you do well or we we as an industry do well uh, what I personally love about the industry is the consistent strive for improvement we're always uh, for you know for for most part most people try to always learn always expanding their their toolbox whether it's through, uh, through research talking to uh, more experienced individuals in the field all of those are great tools to improve, and that's why I love about people in, in this industry is that most people do try to make the conscious effort to improve in some sort of way. Yeah. Um, research, you know, just keeping up research alone is a very valuable tool because it, it never ends. There's always new research coming out. Um, networking and build and uh, you know expanding your support system. So you know, talking with uh, people that are better at powerlifting, bodybuilding, whatever it is, talking with somebody that's better at something than you 
is always a great tool. When it just even, that's totally true. Like that's why people go to seminars or you should go to seminars. But even we we're training with Dean Somerset. We're going to just push Dean Somerset. Um, There's but, no reason not to. I'm he's, doing something. He's and, one of the best in the industry and everyone should be following him. I'm trying to do some rehab thing anyways. He looked at it in two seconds and was like, yeah, no, do this. And I'm just like, man, you're so much smarter than me. Just give me your information. Like I want, I wanted his brain. I f I feel <laughs> stupid around the man, and that's well. Not a lot. Of <laughs> I feel stupid when stupid. Alfred said he read sixty page papers. I'm like, damn it! I go to the conclusions. I'm that guy. <laughs> it's, it's but I take it with a, I do take it with a grain of salt, though. You know, like stuff, even stuff like this podcast. Um, it where people like you guys are trying to provide general information. And the key phrase is general information, because yeah. realistically, who has the time to sit there and read through? pages and pages of a meta-analysis not very many people most people fall asleep after the most people abstract. are listening going what the fuck is a meta-analysis yeah. <laughs> i'll explain something we guido and i and alfred we're all really really good at this we tend to follow some of the industry leaders in fitness and nutrition these are often the guys producing and digesting the information the research the actual peer-reviewed research is out there turning it into something that is more accessible and then it's our job to turn around and give it to you in a form that isn't overwhelming you've heard us alfred especially mentioned research a lot we don't want to make you feel intimidated that you have to go and dive into this stuff instead we want to be an outlet where you yeah. can get the information that is really accessible and not have to go and fool around research papers because like they said who fucking wants to read research papers in your spare time? Well, and, and turn around the people who are going to give it to you in a like, like we listened to it in a digestible format, took it down from 60 pages, and then we put it down to two sentences. But again, that's, I guess, why we're here to some extent to kind of provide it in a very simple format, which goes down to your why, mm -hmm. <laughs> which I guess is why you're busy. Right. A lot of these questions are blending together too, which yeah. is great. So. I really want to see these podcasts something that people can actually take something immediately now and use it. I like the term actionable, something that they can consume and use today. So what else would you offer or wish to offer the listener something they can use right now that's going to help them? Something that you can use right now, stop procrastinating. Um, you you hear like over and over again, especially when it comes to New Year's. You hear it over and over in December, December first, New Year's. I'm gonna do A, B, and C. Well, why does it have to wait till New Year's? You can start right now as we speak. Drink an extra glass of water. Have you know that? If you already had five burgers today, probably not the best idea. Have two more tonight. Maybe stick <laughs> with a salad or have some sort of fruits and vegetables. Have uh, you know a wide variety of foods. Everything can contribute to overall success. You don't have to wait till tomorrow. You don't have to wait till next week, next year. As simple as, you know, if you had a lot of food and you feel that it's probably not the best idea to have that tub of ice cream, then put it down. That's your first step already. Simply just putting something down or start picking up a new habit right now doesn't require a whole lot of work drinking extra drinking water instead of drinking pop doesn't require a whole lot of work you can that's a really good one yeah. literally you can go to a tap turn on tap drink a cup of water boom you already you already took the first step it doesn't take a whole lot of work you don't need months and months of planning and at the end of the day you know you're for those who are uh, on some sort of meal plan or nutrition plan it's important to recognize that your life isn't over after one cheap meal. It doesn't quite work that way. Just because you had one cheap meal doesn't mean that your overall success is done and you just, now you need to sit there and cry and eat like five tubs of hagen dazs It's still salvageable. You know, there's little things you can do to still be on track for progress. Most people that are listening probably are not preparing for a bodybuilding show or a photo shoot or anything. People just want overall health uh, health and fitness tips so if you went out to have a few beers with your buddy that's okay you don't have to feel guilty about it just recognize that that is what you did that is what you've done move forward tomorrow what can we do to make things better tomorrow what can you do to um, keep you on track with your your fitness goal whether you're gaining weight losing weight whatever it is just go back on track it, that's really all it is i love that um Everybody, let's cut the shit. Everybody wants to look good naked, right? That's that's kind of the big driver. You touched on like that cheap meal and then I'll reframe that. One of the biggest things I often see is when someone goes and, and eats something they, sh they feel like they shouldn't mm -hmm. and they start feeling bad, then they say, 
the hell with it. Yeah. Then they blow the entire day, they blow the entire weekend, and they get in this mind frame to say, I'll restart. I hate the word. It's actually mm -hmm. one of my least favorite words in this industry. I hate the term restart because it gives people this out to say, okay, I'm now in off mode, which is bullshit, complete utter bullshit. And then they're going to be bad for a little while in their mind. And then they're going to quote reset on Monday, which is, you mentioned that earlier. It's really important to break that kind of thinking to catch binges and these kind of problem sustained behaviors quickly. Take a big deep breath, forgive yourself, dispense with the guilt, dispense with the shame and say, okay, I can do this, get right back up again and get back to sustainable habits. Nothing extreme. Uh, yeah. yeah. I was just, oh, just going to say, it's just, it goes down to habits. Turning it on and off is, is not a habit. Mm -hmm. Like it makes no sense. Like you can go to that wedding and eat whatever, but you can use habits to kind of pick better choices there. It's a mindset that people yeah. create, and a lot of people and a lot of you listeners are probably going, "Shit, I do that too." Yeah, and I understand it, and and you're not a bad person for doing it. It's just something that I want you to seriously think about this and say, "Okay, can I change this mindset and get away from on and off behavior and rationalizing to yourself why you're engaging in sustained quote off behavior." try to dispense with that whole line of thinking and that's a great way to get yourself into better habits and make a lot of progress is to break that thinking and chances are you're doing more damage than good by procrastinating and yeah. waiting for next week or the yeah. next restart date if you splurge on a meal give yourself a pat on the back enjoy it remember what it tastes like and move on continue on with whatever your goal was you don't need to set a reset date like I said, enjoy yourself. We're all here for the same reasons. We all like to enjoy foods. So it's okay. It, you know, that's that half a box of pizza. Maybe that was a bit much, but it's okay. Move forward. Yeah, I, I completely agree. But as, what do you, okay, sorry. What do you, huh. what? I'm trying, I'm trying to read this script right now. In case you haven't okay. noticed. Okay, so this is our, literally our first recording. So we're bumbling some of this stuff. And actually, I'm really cool with like just figuring this stuff out. So I'm trying to point at he's, Guido he's, to he's basically say, at you me. read the next question, idiot. Imagine a big redheaded dude who looks like the dude off Game of Thrones in a muscle shirt pointing at me. I'm like, what did I do? Okay, so okay what, what? I can't even read. What do you do to step away from workouts and the career in the industry? Like, What are some unrelated passions and hobbies that you do that aren't related to this career? I am the worst person to ask this question you by research. far. Um, <laughs> is, is squatting. Like quite literally, well, his favorite thing to do in the world is to squat you know, and pick up I, heavy shit. <laughs> we totally made my, assumptions. Yeah, my, my hobbies and my life pretty much revolves around fitness. Uh, ever, yeah. ever since I, I can remember, something in my life has to do with fitness. You know, even when I'm not working, I've, I've always been involved with Taekwondo, um, you know, going out to bike ride, rollerblade friends, whatever the case may be, reading. And, and of course, with my profession, I end up reading research papers or yeah. something in the field. Um, God, you must what's, be fucking bored. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's rephrase that. What, what's, your, what's your way? Like, how do you get away from it? Like, you got to do something to kind of step back and like take it all in. Like, what, what is that for you? And it could um, be a vacation. Like, it could be a place. Like, where do you go to kind of step back? For me, uh, honestly, is putting my electronics away. Yeah. Uh, putting my because everything revolves around my phone, my laptop, internet. Uh, so for me to kind of take a step back is simply just to put my phone away, put my laptop away, and just kind of rolling with the punches from there. I, I might my friends might stop by, or I might just you know sit there and watch Family Guy. What's your, okay? What's what's your what's your TV show? What's the show? Family Guy. Family Guy is a is a go to one. <laughs> Whatever I can kind of shut my brain off. Yeah. I, I, that's funny. I shut my brain off. My wife always says that, but we she watches Teen Mom. It turned, it, like literally, like I got home from a stressful day at work. I got Instagram story. Yeah, I just need to listen to something that's gonna make my brain melt because yeah. I'm, I'm over it, and that's Teen Mom. So I've seen a lot of Teen Mom. <laughs> FYI. Um, okay, you talked about reading. You, out, I'm gonna make this a different question. Outside of research papers, yes. Um, what are you currently reading? And, and this doesn't have to be fiction. It doesn't have to be Game of Thrones or Harry Potter. But um, what is a great book that you feel our audience would enjoy? And what are you currently enjoying or have enjoyed recently? Outside of research. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> and it could be fitness related. Like that's fine. Just um, I haven't had a chance to read a ton of books lately, just because uh, I I have a few big projects coming up. So uh, yeah. I have. To, to put it to in 
perspective, I have about 138 papers I need to read. Jesus. This Each. question was not supposed yeah. to be about research papers. But Man. that aside, uh, a book that I uh, I have recently purchased and I actually am looking forward to reading is um, uh, "Eat, Lift, and Thrive" by Sohee Lee. Um, so, if you know she she's um, she's very well known in the industry. Uh, small Asian girl, very uh, you know. She has her masters, I believe. Pursuing her PhD right Pursuing now. Pursuing her PhD, CSCS. I in nutritional sciences or something very, very close to that. I was right. actually lucky. I got to meet her and hang out with her a little bit and her boyfriend, Brett Contreras, mm-hmm. who's pretty famous, the glute guy at the Kansas City Fitness mm-hmm. Summit in May. I, it was a really, really incredible experience. They're great people. So he's actually one of the best followers. So remember this name, guys. Sohee Lee, S-O-H-E-E-L-E-E. Anyone who's looking for no-nonsense nutrition to kind of break problem thinking, emotional relationships with food. So he's a great follow. One of the things we really want to do is to showcase great professionals. We've got Alfred here, but just other people that are really going to help you that you can follow. Uh, she's on Instagram, Facebook, other stuff. Her work is sensational. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I, I, this book caught my attention because uh, from what I've gathered, it, it talks more about uh, women's relationship with fitness and food. Um, you know, from nutrition tips, uh, personal mindsets to eating habits. Uh, it, it's always great to to kind of view the mindset of another uh, uh, professional in the industry. Especially one at that level. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't not pull something out of there that you can that you can make action. Mm-hmm. Well, that kind of begs a question that um, I hadn't put in your script. Uh, now, you had an incredible amount of success with your girlfriend, Rhonda. I mean, like, I cannot overstate how successful she's been. Uh, and you mentioned Sohi and reading resources about training women. Do you prefer to train women or do you train more women? Or, especially with obviously the strength guys and, and your role in that, what demographic do you train the most and what do you enjoy training? Uh, I personally just enjoy training everybody. Doesn't matter who, male, female, whatever, uh, wherever you're from. Um, at the end of the day, if you thrive on success, I enjoy working with you. That's plain and simple. However, my demographic, um, could be because Rhonda's my girlfriend and she does well on social media. Uh, I would say 75% of my clients are female. Uh, okay. It's still not 100% sure why, but it is what it is. Uh, whether it's bikini competitors, powerlifters, or just overall uh, health and fitness, uh, a lot of my athletes are females and that has really expanded or really forced me to learn more about uh, health and fitness because females on its own has a ton more to learn about than males because males are pretty straightforward. You know, I can put Andrew on a deficit and you're going to lose weight regardless of what time of the day it is. Whereas a female, you have your menstrual cycle and all those other things to worry about. You know, whether it's what phase of your, your menstrual cycle you're in makes a huge difference on uh, weight loss, strength, and whatnot. So stuff like that. Uh, Lyle McDonald's a huge, huge uh, resource that I, I utilize to help understand um, the female body and uh, hormones and whatnot. So I, I think because of that, they, they go hand in hand. And the more I dive into uh, Lyle's work, the more I understand female and the more I start working with females, I guess. A lot of people will come out and say that training with men and women is the same uh that's not entirely true it's an oversimplification oh definitely but then anyone who comes out and says oh training women and men is dramatically different that's also not true the truth is in the middle there are some really cool things about female physiology one is women can handle training volumes that will kill men Mm -hmm. they have a greater capacity to recover quickly during workouts they need less rest break they can also do more reps relative to their one rep max mm-hmm. than men can. So there's a, a handful of really cool, I guess, physiological oddities that, uh, that make women pretty badass in the gym. And, you know, to kind of touch on that, to put it into perspective, um, like I can already list three athletes off the top of my head. Uh, two of my other athletes and Rhonda. Recently I programmed them to do um, 95% for sets of three to five. You tell me to do 95% for anything over one rep and I'm going to be buried. Yeah, I'll die too, so, so forget that. For them to be able to rep that out, I, it still blows my mind. But that's one thing that I learned is that they are able to handle that kind of work capacity. So here's your takeaway, girls. Uh, if you're listening to this, 
You guys have incredible capacity to do really, really Utilize cool Utilize your strengths. So don't be afraid of it. And like they were talking about earlier, you will not get bulky. Here's another one of my little diatribes. Nothing pisses me off more than a handful of female fitness professionals, usually bodybuilders or that like, who wave around, oh, I'm natural, I'm drug free. They're... They're lying. Some of them are lying. And they're very, they're very muscular. Rabbit holes, man. I'm going down this way. They're very muscular. They do not look natural. They're huge and lean. And that message scares women away from the gym to do something that's going to improve their bone mineral density, reduce blood pressure, reduce blood sugar, improve mental health. There are so many positive physiological effects of resistance training. And it's a particular pet peeve of mine. And why is it different for men than women? I always like this analogy. Now, Arnold Schwarzenegger has come out and has admitted steroid use. Absolutely. But let's just say Arnold had said, oh, I'm all natural to a generation of young men. That did not send those young boys away from the gym screaming, freaking out, thinking I don't want to look like that. Everybody's like, oh my God, cool. I could do that. Natural. And it sends legions of guys to the gym. <laughs> when certain unnamed fitness brodettes make the same claim, it actually does potentially deter women from mm -hmm. doing something that's really yeah. great for them. It's a double standard, but it's a real and honest one. It's a realistic way of looking at it. Like it's just the way the world works, at least now, or has in the past. And it's horrible. It's not good. Like me personally, I, I only work with natural athletes, so I can't really speak on the, you know, I can't really yeah. touch on uh, athletes who are on uh, PEDs, uh, performing enhancement drugs. My personal experience, all the natural athletes that I've worked with, regardless of how much they lift, does not reflect on their uh, overall musculature. Uh, to put things into perspective, Rhonda is um, five foot, five one. Uh, she competes at 105 pounds. She squats 285, bench press 165, and deadlifts 345. And she looks like an anime character. And like she's still super girl. tiny. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know. She's strong as fuck. Yeah, so you know, there's <laughs> yeah. times. There was a time where she she mentioned that she didn't want to get bulky, and I said I will gladly pay you a thousand dollars if you are yeah. able to get bulky because I've been trying to get bulky my entire life and I still have yet to achieve that. So if you can do it, let me know what exactly you did and what are you eating and drinking because I want some of that too. That's such a good point. I always say this too. Look around a gym. Look at all these guys you know who are really trying to crush in the gym. And a lot of them aren't particularly big. And these guys are busting their asses, eating and going nuts to try to get big. We're trying to get bulky. <laughs> Some of us are successful well, in that. They're trying it again. Oh, I am anyway, sorry. <laughs> uh, women, uh, there are all these guys who are really fighting to go into, in the gym and work out and, and take all these supplements that are going to help them. And they're really struggling to ever approach anything that looks like bulky. What makes you so egocentric to think you're so special that you will quite literally work out for a week, pick up weights, and you're going to look like a Mrs. Olympia. That is not going to happen. A lot of times, like general rule of thumb, if a girl looks like a... If, if the physique looks too good to be true, chances are it probably is. And chances are you're not going to be able to achieve that naturally. Actually, a lot of the images you're going to see on things like Instagram, they're actually photoshopped. They are altered. This is extraordinarily common. The fitness industry... Or sorry, the fashion industry has been doing it in magazines for years the fitness industry does it now and people are getting exposed for doing it too so and don't believe what you see they're even doing butt implants man oh god yeah like do you think kim kardashian's ass is real i mean give well, me a break is it no it's not real i don't know nikki minaj you think her butt's real seriously it's no nikki though you wouldn't lie to us <laughs> no of course not <laughs> all right, <laughs> we've uh, we've had a really really fun time with you, Alfred. We're really glad that you're able to come on this episode. Thank you. There's this, I think we actually did pretty good for our first ever like recording of this. Uh, here's what I really want people to do: is I want people to have access to you to follow your work. So, guys, uh, grab a f your phone, computer, whatever. Alfred, where can people follow you on your social media? Uh, social media, I'm really mainly active on. Instagram. Uh, you, you can add me as a friend on Facebook. Uh, I'm not as active on Facebook, but generally uh, I post all my content on Instagram, whether it's on the Strength Guys Instagram account, so uh, at the Strength Guys, or my personal account uh, at Alfred TSG. And yeah, th those are my two main platforms for social media wise. What about your YouTube channel, which is something that I, I know that you're not quite as active with it, but it was a fantastic resource to show people 
kind of a lighter side and accessible side of powerlifting. Uh, what about that? Are you still doing much with your YouTube channel? Uh, I'm actually converting my YouTube channel to the overall the Strength Guys YouTube channel. So it's a big project that we're currently working on. Uh, we have a we're, we have a lot of content in the background right now, and uh, that's again that's going to be a, a project that we're working on. But once that is up and running again, then uh, I'll let you get, I'll, I'll post that up to so, so you guys can check it out. Sweet, that's wonderful. Once again, really appreciate you showing up tonight. Yeah, I got nothing to say. Like, Alfred's a really smart guy. Go follow him. Yeah, thank you I mean, guys. I think we undersold the whole strength guys part, but he's part of a like a group of very smart and successful individuals, and he's one of them. So again, we happen to be lucky. He lives in town. We can bring him in and talk. But go research this guy. We have some really, really cool friends that you're going to get introduced to. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, like we said earlier, you've probably already heard the Dean Somerset podcast, and, and Dean is a god in our industry. And then our next podcast, if everything goes according to plan, we've got a great local trainer involved in golf performance named Jordan Jeske, and we have several other really, really cool people lined up in the not-too-distant future. So uh, please, I can't stress this enough, subscribe to our, our channel. Uh, please download uh, share it. If you like what we're doing, we're really, really trying to create something great, something that we want you to be a part of. So please throw as much support as you can. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. That would be just unbelievable. It helps us climb the rankings. And send us questions. If you want us to talk about specific topics in future podcasts, uh, Dean and I are going to do some ones where we talk topics in between some of our guest uh, podcasts. We can answer your questions. We want to tackle the stuff you're interested in because in the end of the day, this is for you, the listener, you, the audience. This is not a vehicle for us to talk about crap that we care about as much as stuff that is meant to help you. So thank you very much for listening to this and uh, we'll see you next time. Take it easy.